Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today we're diving into the latest box office news, movie news, and streaming news from around the industry. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today on the episode, we're diving into the latest box office numbers, as well as the latest headlines from around the industry. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Pondex, for sponsoring this episode. If you're a podcaster looking to grow your audience and get more engagement, come check out Poddex today at poddex.com. Use the promo code Larry21 for 10% off your order. If you stick around to the end of the episode, you'll be able to see Poddex in action with our Poddex segment. And now on to our first topic. Black Adam wins on a quiet weekend. On a quiet weekend in movie theaters before the upcoming release of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Warner Brothers' Black Adam topped the box office for the third straight weekend with $18.5 million in ticket sales. Black Adam, Dwayne Johnson's bid to launch a new DC film's superpower, has surpassed $300 million globally in three weeks of a release, including a domestic tally of $137.4 million. That puts the $195 million budgeted film, the third film this year, to lead the box office three consecutive weeks on a trajectory to likely surpass $366 million that Shazam grossed in 2019, but less certain to notch a profit in its theatrical run. When Walt Disney's slash, I guess, Marvel's Black Panther Wakanda Forever lands in theaters, it's expected to score one of the biggest opening weekends of the year. Ryan Coogler's original debut with more than $200 million in U.S. and Canadian theaters in 2018. And forecasts suggest it could open with around $175 million. With Wakanda Forever looming, only one new film opened in wide release. One Piece Film Red, distributed by Sony Pictures Anime Division Crunchyroll. The Japanese anime sequel, part of the One Piece franchise, debuted in second place with $9.5 million. While not as robust as the openings of Crunchyroll's Dragon Ball Super Superhero, which garnered 21.1 million in August, or Funimation's Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the movie, apologies if I say that title wrong, which earned 18 million in March, Red again showed that the anime is proving an uncommonly dependable draw in North American theaters. 
the 15th film in the franchise, but the first to be released widely in the U.S., Red attracted an especially young audience with about 75% of ticket buyers between the ages of 18 and 34. Third place went to Ticket to Paradise, the George Clooney and Julia Roberts romantic comedy. The Universal Picture released collected $8.5 million in its third weekend, bringing the $60 million budgeted rom-coms cumulative total to $46.7 Domestically, 137.2 million globally. For a genre that struggled in theaters in recent years, Ticket to Paradise is showing staying power, especially as the favored choice for older audiences. Even with Halloween coming and going, Paramount Pictures Smile also continued to hold well in theaters. In its sixth week of release, the horror flick added another 4 million to bring it to a 99.1 million overall. Some of the year's top Oscar contenders have struggled to make much of an impact in wide release. James Gray's Armageddon Time, a coming-of-age tale set in 1980s New York, expanded to over a thousand theaters in its second week, grossing 810,000 for Focus Features. Focus's Tar, starring Kate Blanchett as a renowned conductor, took in 670k in a little over 1,000 theaters for a five-week total of 3.7 million. MGM's Till added 1.9 million in 2,300 theaters for a four-week gross of 6.6 million. Best of the bunch so far has been Searchlight Pictures, The Banshees of Insurin. Apologies for saying that name wrong. Starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson as rowing Irish friends. Took in 3 million in only 895 locations in its third weekend of release, bringing its total to 10.2 to million. So to recap, at number one is Black Adam with 18.5 million, One Piece Film Red, 9.5 million, Ticket to Paradise, 8.5 million, Smile at 4 million, number five, Pray for the Devil at 3.9 million, number six, Lyle Lyle Crocodile at 3.4 million, Number seven, The Banshees at two million. Number eight, Till at 1.9 million. Number nine, Halloween End at 1.4 million. Number 10, Terrifier 2 at 1.2 million. And before we move on, give us a thumbs up if you like our videos. Subscribe to the channel for even more content. And give us a thumbs up if you like our videos. And let us know in the comments section below your thoughts on the topics we cover. And now moving on to our next topic, Andor season two has begun filming. Andor creator Tony Gilroy has revealed not only that the second and final season of the series will begin filming on November 21st, but also that it would take us to Yavin on its way to connect with Rogue One. Speaking to Collider, Gilroy confirmed Luthen Rail actor Stellan Skarsgård's words that season two of Andor would begin production in the later part of 2022. Furthermore, he confirmed the team would be back to work the Monday before Thanksgiving, and that he would fly to London to be there for the first shot of the season, and then return home to celebrate the holiday. Gilroy also confirmed that Ariel Clayman from the resort. Janus Metz from Borg vs. McEnroe, True Detective, and Alonzo, I'm just going to go with Alonzo R. from Narcos Mexico and Outer Range, 
would be part of the directing crew and that the season would once again be split into blocks, like the first one. Kleiman will get the bulk of the work with six episodes, and the other six will be split between Metz and Alonzo. Gilroy's brother Dan Gilroy and Bo William will be returning to write on season two alongside newcomer Tom Bissell, who is, according to Gilroy, a really cool and really, really interesting, versatile, really good writer, but also a very, very, very big Star Wars fan, which we really wanted to wanted to make sure we had another pro because we're going into Rogue One. We were also given a bit of a tease for season two, as Gilroy confirmed we'd be headed to a very important place in a galaxy far, far away. And we're going to Yavin, and then we're going into places where we eventually need to really weave our way back to the source. So Tom came in, and he's been great. He's got some episodes too. For those unfamiliar, the Yavin system, and specifically the moon in the system called Yavin 4, was a key location in the Galactic Civil War. The Battle of Yavin, which is also known as the Battle of Death Star, was a battle in Episode 4 where Luke Skywalker and the Rebel Alliance secured a huge victory over the Empire by destroying a Death Star. Yavin 4 was also the home of the Rebel Alliance before its headquarters was moved to the snowy plant of Hoth. It's previously been confirmed that Andor's first season would take place over one year, and that its second season would cover the four years leading up to Rogue One. Season 2 will, much like Season 1, consist of 12 episodes. Let us know your thoughts on Andor for the first season. Have you liked it? Have you watched it? Let us know. And now on to our next topic, and even more Star Wars news. The Acolyte synopsis has been revealed, as well as its cast. A new synopsis for the upcoming Star Wars sequel, or series, excuse me, The Acolyte, offers our first real insight into the upcoming Disney Plus show, and it sounds like it'd be something very special. Released courtesy of StarWars.com, the brief synopsis confirms who the main players will be, as well as teasing a unique kind of Star Wars tale. The Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. A former Padawan reunites with a Jedi Master to investigate a series of crimes, but the forces they confront are more sinister than they ever anticipated. Based on this synopsis, it is clear that the Acolyte will take viewers into a lesser-known part of the Star Wars galaxy, delving into the end or into the era of the High Republic during its final days, taking us further back in time than ever before on screen. The novels and comics have explored all manners of time periods, of course. The Acolyte will transport audiences to the time of the High Republic, which was a time when the Jedi Order was at its prime. With the series set centuries prior to the events of the prequel trilogy and Star Wars The Phantom Menace, the Acolyte comes from Leslie Headland, who is best known for the time-hopping Netflix series Russian Doll. It will be creator, showrunner, and executive producer on the upcoming series, she will also direct the pilot episode. Further details have also now been confirmed alongside the synopsis. The Acolyte, said to be produced by Rain Roberts and Damian Anderson, Kathleen Kennedy, Simon Emanuel, Jeff F. King, and Jason McAuliffe on board as executive producers. Production on the Acolyte has now begun in the UK, with the stellar cast of the series now confirmed. The Acolyte stars 
Mandela Stenberg, Jody Turner-Smith, Squid Game lead, Lee Jung-Jae, Good Place actor, Manny Jacinto, Russian Dolls, Rebecca Henderson, Charlie Barnett, and Dean Charles Chapman. It has also now been revealed that The Matrix star Carrie Ann Moss and Logan and his Dark Materials actress Daphne Keane will be a part of the Acolyte's ensemble cast. The Acolyte is just one of several small screen Star Wars projects set for release on Disney+. Both The Man Mandalorian and Andor will continue with the former going into its third season, while the latter has begun production on its second season sometime this month. The streaming platform will also explore the life and times of the Jedi Ahsoka Tano and Ahsoka, with Rosario Dawson reprising the role she has so far played in both The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. The series Star Wars Skeleton Crew will land on Disney Plus next year, starring Jude Law. The Alkalite has not yet been given a release date, but will stream its eighth or eight episode first series exclusively on Disney Plus. Let us know your thoughts on The Alkalite. What do you think about the show? Is there any theories you have about this show? Like who should pop up in the series? Let us know. Now on to our next episode. Westworld is over. Ends not with a bang or a whimper or a fourth robot apocalypse, but a cancellation. Westworld has been canceled. The Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan show about robots and apocalypses captivated and then confused audiences and finally seemed to have forgotten what it was about entirely by the time its fourth and final season aired earlier this year. So while it's a bummer the show is gone, it's also not much of a surprise. HBO emailed a statement to multiple outlets saying, quote, Over the past four seasons, Lisa and Jonah have taken viewers on a mind-bending odyssey, raising the bar at every step. We are tremendously grateful to them, along with their immensely talented cast, producers, and crew, and all of our partners at Kilter Films, Bad Robot, and Warner Brothers Television. It's been a thrill to join them on this journey. The final season could, at times, feel repetitive as compared to seasons past, the end of the second season felt like a series finale, and in the third season, the cast ended the tyranny of an AI that felt vaguely Google-like in its omnipresence. That could have been a perfectly lovely ending as well. But then Westworld came back a fourth time, in a future where all the characters seemed to be dead. Robots, or dead robots. There was a smattering of apocalypses, a number of fun callbacks to seasons past, and a whole lot of pondering. That is, pondering of the nature of self. Ratings? Well, they cratered. So it's not surprising HBO pulled the plug. It's currently owned by Warner Brothers Discovery and its CEO, David... Nah, I'm just going to call him David Z. Who's a man that likes to save a buck. He then... He also mentioned canceling expensive shows if they couldn't do as well as reruns of The Big Bang Theory. By Westworld's final season... It was averaging less than half a million live viewers per episode. Big Bang Theory reruns on TBS do more than double that. Westworld is on HBO Max if you want to catch up. But it's better to watch the final season of The Good Fight on Paramount Plus. 
as that show has similar cyber dystopia vibes, but with a clear sense of how we got from our present to the awful future. You can also check out Humans, which aired on BBC America, around the same time that Westworld first premiered. Similarly to Westworld, it's about how we use robots to enable our own chronic dehumanizing behavior. But it's centered on robots and a family you could root for. Or you could go watch Person of Interest, which was created by much of the same creative team as Westworld and explored many of the same concepts, but did it in a much more comprehensible way. And we might actually be reviewing um, Person of Interest in a month or two so stay tuned for that and let us know your thoughts in the comment section below what did you think of Wasp World? i i watched the i think the first season and me i just kind of lost interest in it halfway through the second so i kind of have given up now that it's canceled i might go back and watch it just to see how the whole story comes together but now on to our next topic, A Quiet Place Prequel, has made casting news. A Quiet Place Day 1, the franchise's first spin-off movie, which works as a prequel, has reportedly found its lead, its lead as per exciting casting news. Academy Award winner, I'm going to butcher this name, but forgive me, Lupita Nyong'o has reportedly joined the cast of A Quiet Place, its first spin-off, A Quiet Place Day One. Following the surprise success of A Quiet Place in 2018, which had a $17 million budget and went on to make $341 million at the box office, it was easy to predict that the horror meets sci-fi thriller would receive some sort of sequel. Thus came A Quiet Place Part Two in 2021 and also saw a strong box office run leading not only to A Quiet Place 3, but now also to a prequel movie. With A Quiet Place 3 expected to arrive in 2025, the franchise now focuses its efforts on the prequel Day 1. Lupita's casting in A Quiet Place Day 1 is the first major update on the prequel since Michael Cernowski was announced as the director. While not much is known about A Quiet Place Day 1's plot, the fact the spin-off movie is going for such high-profile actor as the lead is exciting. Replicating the success of the original movies is not always an easy task for prequels and spin-offs, and the Quiet Place title alone would perhaps not be enough to sell a prequel film as a must-see. She was recently the lead in Jordan Peele's Us, a perfect example of how to combine horror with elements of sci-fi, just like what A Quiet Place has been doing. Given how self-contained A Quiet Place has been, many people believe that a sequel to the horror film was not necessary. However, once Cillian Murphy was cast in the mysterious A Quiet Place Part 2 role, it was difficult for audiences not to be excited about the movie. A similar thing can now happen with A Quiet Place Day 1, a prequel story that some people deemed unnecessary. But that could be a great horror movie on its own, starting with a promising cast of Lupita. Between the horror comedy Little Monsters and Us, the latter of which might not have worked as well as it did without her performance, the Oscar-winning actor is surely a great sign for A Quiet Place Day One. 
While the Quiet Place spinoff was first announced at the end of 2020, the movie faced a setback once director Jeff Nichols exited the project on October 21st. Michael Cernowski was then brought to helm the project in 2022, and A Quiet Place Day 1 is currently set to release on March 8th, 2024. As suggested by the title, it will revisit the first day of the monster apocalypse seen in A Quiet Place. Nothing has re been revealed about her character, nor if Day 1 will have any connections to John Krasinski and Emily Blunt's characters from A Quiet Place. Although A Quiet Place Part 2 briefly revealed the first day of the apocalypse through eyes of the main characters, how exactly the arrival of monsters played out across the world remains a mystery. It is still too soon to say whether Day 1 will be more character-centered like the movies, or if it will have a larger scale similar to other apocalypse movies such as World War Z. Either way, the simple yet effective horror approach of the Quiet Place movies, plus the casting of Lupita Nyong'o is enough to make A Quiet Place Day 1 seem very promising. Let us know your thoughts in the comments section below. Is there something we missed? Something we should have covered? Is there something you want to add to any of the topics we covered? Let us know. And now on to our Poddex segment. Today's question is, if you could bring five movies to a desert island, which would they be? So no specific order. Uh, first one would be Pulp Fiction. Number two would be Reservoir Dogs. Number three... The Haunted Mansion, number four, hmm, number four, number four, All the President's Men, and number five, ooh, number five, I'm going to go with the superhero, I'm going to go with uh, Iron Man 1. Let us know in the comments section below what are your five movies you'd bring to a desert island. Let us know in the comments section below. And as always, if you want to support the channel, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash cinemagold. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, hire new writers and hosts, be able to pay them, and hopefully take this show on the road one day. And once again, we'd like to thank Pondex for sponsoring this episode. Check out Poddex today, poddex.com, promo code Larry21 for 10% off your order. As always, subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms. And thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. Take care. You have been watching the Cinema Gold Show. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Gold Show. Find us on Instagram at The Cinema Gold Show. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Cinema Gold Show. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.